Extended version? Wait, I didn't know they said this verse again. Discovered this new front three, it's it's, it's actually over. Pulisic, yep. Havertz, and uh, and uh, my homeboy Mason Mount up front. That's that's perfect. I created I, a whopping single shot on target. Ah, uh, yeah, today. I mean, against against <laughs> what we had to play against. That yep. I, I'll, that's uh pretty impressive. But shit, I mean that that was so excited. We exciting. We didn't even do the normal introduction. You wanna. You want to do that, Yes. We are back in the Champions League semifinals for the first time in God knows how long. Um, and you're also listening to the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about Porto. Because they're just a bunch of shitheads in general, right? Yeah, we're, we're joining Tuchel in talking shit about Porto. That's yeah. what we're doing. That's yeah, the key. Yeah. Andres... Um, do you like Tuchel's fuck off the Porto's manager better than uh, Frank cussing out Klopp? Does, is it up there? It's up there. I still think Lampard cussing out Klopp was more iconic just because Liverpool haven't yeah. stopped talking about that and now they're not even making top four. So, yeah, I I mean, I enjoyed it. This, this Porto manager, I, I don't know how to say his name properly, has just been talking, any chance he gets to talk about on, on a microphone, he's trying to talk badly about Chelsea, so serves him right, and his, his tactics today deserved a fuck off. So Portuguese managers in the mind games. What is it? What what is it with those guys? Is that a mind I game? Don't know, I mean, this guy this guy doesn't know how to play mind games. I mean, no, they, they I weren't phased once. I feel like he was playing the mind game because like he clearly knows his team is way worse than us. So he's trying to get any sort of edge that he can, to, or maybe trying to jeer up his players any way he can. I don't know. He's just trying sure. to add like this whole new element or this whole new layer to the match because his team just is not good enough to beat us in two legs. Do you guys remember going into the first leg? There was that discussion about I forget who it was or some. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> that was he, after the first leg. Right. Yeah. What was it that he that he he saw that Chelsea were laughing after they found out that they they drew Porto and they're gonna have to sweat blood. I think that, I think those are the exact words he used. Yeah, sweat blood uh, to uh, in order to beat us. So I guess okay. that happened. I must have missed it. But 
like PSG, Man City, Real Madrid, Liverpool, like any of those other teams wouldn't have laughed by drawing Porto? No, I'm not buying that. I doubt we even laughed at the beginning. Yeah, how they know? No, they just made no. it up. Listen, <laughs> they Tuchel, know. Tuchel does. Tuchel does not strike me as the manager that just let his players mouth off and be as cocky as they want. Like he keeps people's personalities in check. So like just based on that premise, the Porto manager is a lying piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, he's just trying to give his team an edge. Like that's that's the same team that knocked out Cristiano and Juventus. So you know he was probably it probably worked then. He tried to do it again. Fair play. Yeah, turns out, work. turns out Porto's really close to their janitorial staff too, because they must have been really pissed. Hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, oh god. What kind of what kind of headline is that? That they peed in the locker room. What? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy's a joke. People yeah. actually reported that like it was legitimate too, which is the funny part. Bro, he's a he, he's like he's a clown. There's just there's so many of these managers in world football that just kind of have like this toxic vibe about them, and this is one of them. On to the know, next. I, one. Fair play, fair play. In my opinion, they had to do what they had to do. Didn't work out, but fair play. It, before we go into this, I just need to elaborate on the fact that how unfortunate was it for us to be playing at the same time as this PSG Bayern uh, matchup. Both yeah. both legs. I mean, last week appar- apparently was amazing too. I wouldn't know. I would. I didn't watch it. And then this one, I had it on, like on an iPad while I had the Chelsea game on TV, and I felt like every time I looked down, like something incredible was happening. So uh, that was unfortunate. That that that's that would seem to be like an amazing leg. The game today, our match was a little bit of a sleeper. So you know, if, if there were any of you who who tuned to the other match i wouldn't blame you but uh let's run through the lineup real quick mendy and goal dave tiago silva and rudy in the back three chili and reese james as the wing backs Jorginho and conte uh the midfield pairing with uh news coming out before the match that kovacic was got injured during training the day before so he was unfit for the match uh, which is why we saw Jorginho and Conte in there. Then, as I mentioned earlier, the front three of Pulisic, Havertz, and Mount. Um, let, let's preface this this conversation with, yeah, sure, it wasn't the most beautiful match, but I don't really want to focus on any negatives because at the end of the day, this was nothing but a positive, the most positive result that we've had under Tuchel's era. Uh in in quite some years to be honest so uh i don't even want to delve or focus on the negatives at all let's just jump right into who we thought was the man of the match uh and i'm going to start off with pulisic uh he he took over that eden hazard role very well by just getting absolutely mauled out there i mean he was balling <laughs> out but um he drew 11 fouls total which was the most anyone has ever drawn in a champions league match in five years uh i think ron mentioned later in one of his questions that uh he got fouled today as much as messi did in 2011 which you know obviously means he's the goat that's that's a fair comparison if you just stop right there um so we'll start off we'll start off talking about that with a question from uh, russell saunders he said, "Do you think, or do you not think, Pulisic needs a 
better boots, falling over all game, painful viewing, eye roll emoji. I hope I hope he's he's joking a little bit. Um, but <laughs> he, he has to be is. being facetious, dude. Yes. Falling over all game. Uh, definitely his choice to fall over all game, not uh not Porto's defender's decision to knock him down every chance they could. But uh, I mean, building on top of that, Zach, what did you see from Pulisic beyond just uh, him getting mauled every time he touched the ball? He was the out ball in this game. Uh, for for large parts of the match, Kai Havertz kept fading in and out. Um, Mason Mount found himself dropping into deeper positions because Porto were on the front foot. Um, so Pulisic kind of had to take on the responsibility of being that out ball for us, receiving the ball, turning, running at defenders to relieve some pressure, picking up fouls, allowing his team to push up the field and set up and retain possession. I mean, it was just the works. He gave us exactly what Hazard gives us and all the comparisons in this game, okay? And picking my words wisely, the comparisons in this game are very, very well-founded because Hazard did the same exact thing in all of our previous defensive setups, you know, where he would basically take control of the attacking side of the game, the out ball, just like Pulisic did, receiving it with his back to goal, spinning his man, waiting for the contact. And I think the key for him is that he's expecting the contact. Um we're seeing a maturity in his game. I, th- I think he's starting to understand and find his role in, in Tuchel's system, and it kind of showed here. You know, he took the game by the scruff of the neck. Nobody else was was um, was taking control up top, and nobody else wanted to provide that that outlet um, to relieve pressure. Uh, so, you know, fair play to him. I thought I thought he was phenomenal today, and probably should have had an opportunity or two at goal. Um, I know that, you know, there was that half volley. It kind of got zipped into him in the second half where couldn't really get his foot behind the ball. But um, no, I, I, I think Russell's question is a little, is is definitely facetious. You cannot watch that game and think, man, Pulisic's falling over. These guys were hanging on him like, 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 like a baby chimp hangs on his mother, like hands around the neck. <laughs> Like, hands around the neck. These guys would put both hands around Pulisic, and then they would go completely limp and just let and put all their body weight on top of him. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think one thing that referees should start um, taking control of, because it's clear the ref let this get out of hand. You can't foul – you can't get away with fouling the same player 11 times and try to convince me that it's not serial fouling. I think – UEFA or you know whatever refing commission needs to look at it and say, hey, look, if a player is going to get fouled 11 times in the same match and you can't pinpoint one specific player that's doing the serial fouling, card the coach. How come that's he did get a thing? card. Give him another one. One of our players <laughs> got fouled 11 times. Andres. One's not enough. Like, this is the thing. 11 times one player. Imagine if Kovacic played today. Well, There's another 11 fouls. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Hey, five yellows. I mean, they subbed out. You also have to think that they had, like, five new players that also came in. And even, they like, one of them, Ruben Diaz, I think. Not Ruben Diaz. Whatever Diaz it was. Luis Diaz. He got a yellow card. And he came on, like, in the 70-something. And he got a yellow card in the 80-something. So, the guy started catching on. But, in terms of Russell's questions, last last podcast, when Zach and I were talking, I made the point that, you know, Pulisic scores when he falls over, so we need him to keep these boots. Every time Pulisic scores, he ends up on the ground. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so 
keep the boots. The more he ends up on the ground, the more he hits the back of the net. But but are we seeing like the next stage of his development? Do you guys think like especially as USA fans? I mean, we've been watching him for years now. I mean, I think it's just a con- the fact that Pulisic needs consistent matches to get back into form. Yeah, like, he needs. And when Tuchel first arrived, he wasn't patient enough, and he was also trying to get, as we all know, Werner back into his groove. And when that didn't happen, and Pulisic finally got. Like at first it was a couple of matches where he was really bad, then a couple of cameos where he had moments, and then he finally got the start, and then he started again. And now it's like we obviously want to manage his minutes so he doesn't get hurt again, but at the same time it's like you want him to play. You want him to start. You want him there for most of the match. So to me it's just he's one of the players that needs consistent run of games to show you what he's got and it was the same thing under Lampard last season when he came back from injury we we referenced the fact that he was you know post project restart MVP for Chelsea so yeah it, it's just one of those things where Pulisic needs he needs to know that if he drops one bad game he's not going to lose his place yeah and and that sort of confidence is, is what gets us to have performances like the Crystal Palace performance and this one against Porto well, I feel like the big question mark in the beginning with him under Tuchel was, does Tuchel actually trust him? Because the only thing Tuchel was saying about him the first few weeks was he's such a good bench player. He would never mention, oh, he'd be great for us from the get-go. And I think now he's he, he's starting to get that trust from the manager, and it's showing. What did you guys think of his of Tuchel's decision to uh, swap Mason Mount and Pulisic from uh, – swap their sides from what they did last match? Um, I I thought I, I think it's way better to have Pulisic on the left, Mason Mount on the right. Uh, you saw a couple chances that Mason Mount had that he had to take with his left, and he yeah. scored multiple times from that exact spot on the right side, uh, in just in the past couple matches. So, um, did you guys think that there was anything questionable about that? Again, I did, I know I didn't want to be negative, but I just thought that even with this performance that Pulisic had, I think that we could have gotten even more out of him had he played on his uh, natural left side. Zach, what do you think? I, I think the way we're set up doesn't necessarily restrict or limit a player to play on the left or the right. And I'm talking only about the front three. You know, We always talk about how fluid they are and how they're able to interchange positions. And all three of those front players could play in each of those front three positions too. So I think it's only natural that eventually the players are going to switch positions. But I think in this game, um, Tuchel identified the pace that their right back had. I can't remember his name right now to save to save my life. Ugh, I had him in FIFA Ultimate Team for a while. But <laughs> anyways, he's really he was really quick. And, and they were starting to overload Reese James' side. And even or and uh, Chilwell side, excuse me. And even though Chilwell handled handled himself really well defensively, from what I saw, I think that's why Mason Mount eventually got switched over there. It's just to kind of help out with the overload because he knows Mount's going to give him was is going to do the hard yards more consistently than Pulisic. Mm-hmm. But I just think naturally with the system, you know, the, what's the term they use for it? Floating tens. I think that's what Timo used a while back. Um, and that's basically what they are. So they aren't necessarily a left winger, or a right winger, or a left forward, right forward. It's it's more so a 10. Um, but Andres, I mean, are you seeing the same thing I am? Or was I just trying to, like, overanalyze this match? Um, I just, 
when when it's like little tinkering things like this, sometimes I, I think I'm with Psalm on this one. I I yeah. just think, why? It's like why if it ain't broke, don't fix it, sort of thing. Like I think I read somewhere that they thought maybe they that Chelsea could see an opportunity for Mount to press higher on the left side, and it's like. It's kind of like how we talked about earlier this season, how we had to accommodate for other players by putting players in the wrong position. It just doesn't make sense when you're downgrading both options. And and then it wasn't just the fact that they switched at the beginning. They were switching every 10 minutes. Yeah. So just when you know, and, and, and we talked about this before, like, these guys develop muscle memory when it comes to where they get the ball, what they're going to do next. And Pulisic is going to feel more comfortable attacking from the left going central. And Mount, even going back to Lampard's first season, when we would deploy a 3-4-3, he would play on the right side and, and we would push Willian to the left. And and again, he's kind of he understands what his role is there. The guy's not as Mount doesn't need to do scissors and turns and all that to get past the player. He's very much more direct, and and sometimes that's what you need opposite of a Pulisic who does need that on the left side. So I I thought it was just kind of too much tinkering, but, I mean, who cares? Yeah, it's nothing. It was (laughs) nothing that killed us. I just just thought – I just – because I noticed it, and I I felt like, obviously, I mean, we didn't didn't score today, so – uh, as compared to last match where we put away four. So I thought that was one switch that could have allowed us to score. Again, do at you the end not, of the day, we're do you not, I mean, playing devil's advocate here. I mean, do you really not uh, – do you not want the manager to tell the players, hey, hey just kind of go and find find the match? Like, do you not it's want not... him to have the trust in the front players to do that? Because I felt like – I mean, that's part of the reason why he has floating tents. It's to kind of tell the players, hey – pick and choose your spots isn't that what I got guess, frank that fired also, that was also my biggest complaint about lampard as a manager yeah, so exactly I, yeah. yeah yeah that's true i guess to an extent i mean obviously you know it's, it's not an ultimatum well, but well it's a yeah. little different because yeah i mean what these guys are receiving the ball centrally which naturally is a more creative position to receive the ball in as opposed to receiving it on the sideline you know having to beat a, somebody 1v1 every time you receive the ball I think that's the difference between Tuchel ball and, and Lampard ball is that these guys are these guys are finding the ball in the middle of the pitch where they mm-hmm. actually have options. Well, it's because they were dropping back a lot to receive the ball, and that's well in this game, yeah, for sure. For sure today, and, and and like that's one of the advantages you have in a Pulisic over Timo Werner who didn't get the didn't play today. Um, so, I mean, I, I I missed last episode. I'm sure you guys discussed. Uh, that Pulisic versus Timo, um, but yeah. just what we saw today, him coming, dropping down, receiving the ball, turning up field and dribbling it a couple times, trying to trying to push it up a little bit. Uh, you can't get that with Timo. He'll do a nice spin every once in a while, but as we saw a couple matches ago, he'll lose the ball if he's trying to dribble it. I mean, obviously that was hopefully just a once in a once in a rarity kind of thing, but still, it, it, you can't even compare. Their dribbling technique, uh, Pulisic is far superior. Um, but hold on, one one mm. quick question: What do we think of us finally getting our wish of Timo sitting two matches in a row? Yeah, it was worthy. I mean, it was it was, it was definitely you. It's not he's not out. He might sit three. 
Yeah, he's not three now. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I think we can talk about the. We'll talk about this more when we get into the preview of the city match. But I mean, with how much Pulisic got knocked over, like the, the next match in what four days, yeah. he might need some time to heal up a little bit. I think he's pretty bruised <laughs> up. Uh, I think I probably might can't walk tomorrow. I I think I want Pulis I think I want Werner to start against City, honestly, just so Pulisic can get the rest. Yeah. Well we ha we have uh some discussions about that later, planned out for yeah. later in the episode. So let's just move on to the next player, uh, for possible man of the match discussion. Uh this next nomination comes from Russell Saunders, uh and he says, Who's your man of the match and why did you pick Ngolo? Um <laughs> Ngolo Conte uh, just definitely you can tell the difference or sorry you can tell what he provides to the match when you look at last leg versus today um, and just how he gets in just it, it's just in, it's it's an instinct for him he sees a little bit of room for him to poke his foot in and get around without without fouling and he gets in that space instantly it's it really is uh unbelievable the way he he's able to tackle players just so flawlessly plus i thought he did a great job almost every time that he pushed up the pitch nearly had an assist or a hockey assist when he uh, cut it back and gave it to Pulisic but uh Andres what'd you see from Ngolo Conte apparently this wasn't a 100% Ngolo Conte mm -hmm. and i didn't feel it i didn't feel like he was playing hurt I, I really didn't, and I'm not going to say he was my personal pick for man of the match, but he, you know, you hear Kovic is just hurt, and Conte's like 60%, but then he does this, you know, he's such a machine, and there was even times where I, it, he, he had a he had a run, a run of, like a, a, a sec, sequence with Kovic, uh, not Kovic's, excuse me, with Jorginho, where Conte felt like Kovacic, where him and Jorginho were like turning and back healing and one touching around three Porto players in the midfield. And I was just amazed. It was, it was great to see him back on the field. I thought he didn't have his best performance against Crystal Palace. So for him to continue to play hurt, but then have this sort of performance, I thought that was great news for Chelsea. I loved it. I, I loved every minute of it. And if, if this is like Ingola at 75%, then he's still the best ball winner in world football, right? I it, it, It's sort of ridiculous, like Sam said, how, how he finds himself in these positions every single time on a consistent basis. But uh, I mean, Andres, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think uh, he's my man of the match shout either. I thought Again, no bias. I'm sticking with Pulisic here, but um, definitely a good shout. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Russell because, you know, Conte played a fantastic game as well. Um, I think it's clear that we're a better side when Conte's in it. Um, you know, regardless of the record with Go with, with Jovicic, um, Conte's Conte. Like, I, I just don't see any way that our best 11 doesn't have him in there. Well, for me, uh, I I had a different pick for the first half, um, first half man of the match. Well, actually, before before I go into that, Pulisic was the official man of the match, correct? Yeah. By UEFA. The UEFA one, yes. Yeah. So 
So UEFA does agree with you, Zach. But I thought for that first 45 minutes, Jorginho looked mm-hmm. incredible um, on both sides of the pitch, to be completely honest. We got a, this was a nomination by Ron, uh, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme. He said on Twitter, how cool, <laughs> how cool, <laughs> how good was J5 today? He was amazing today on both sides of the ball. But with that being said, the official Twitter admin not adding him as one of the choices in their man of the match poll is a complete disgrace. That's very surprising to me to not include him as one of the man of the match. Um, did you guys get a chance to see who they had? Or I can, I can pull it up. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was Mason Mount, hmm. Polisic. Um, oh my gosh, Chilwell? It wasn't that big of a standout in my opinion. No, they uh, have to throw Mount in there. It was, oh sorry, not Chilwell. <laughs> it was, yes, it was Chilwell, not Mason It was, Chilwell, it was Chilwell, Pulisic, Pulisic Dave, and, Aspie, and Conte. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see that now. Um, and that was, so I was shocked by, one, you, you mentioned the fact that Jorginho wasn't in there, but two, for me, if there was going to be a wingback, I thought Reese James was the honorable mention. He was so. ridiculous. Dude, Porto had – Porto – you can tell that Porto knew they weren't going to get past him on his side. They're like, we're not even going to attempt the right side. That that poor Otavio guy just could not – like, mm-hmm. he just didn't know what to do with Reese James. I feel okay. like Otavio – uh had a had a Timo moment where he's like, Oh my god, all these defenders are bigger, faster, and stronger than anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they don't yeah, have players bad, like but... that in Portugal. Like Reese James. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he I, no, he's just I, I don't think friends. he's I don't think he's seen anybody half the size of Reese James in Portugal. I haven't seen a right back be built like Reese James in he's general. Huge. A I mean big like boy. Yeah, he's big. And he's naturally stocky too, so like he people bounce off of him. It's it, it's like a it's like a functional strength. It's he's not just big and stocky and not limber. He moves his, keeps up with wingers, and he's still that strong. I don't know. I felt like Porto was was giving his side so much respect. <laughs> I mean, in a good it's a good thing for us, but mm-hmm. it was just blatantly I, obvious to me that they just did not want to go down that side. I want to bring this back to Jorginho for a second, and I think I need to officially make my stand, like update my stance on Jorginho. Um, God damn, he's a he's a big game baller. He shows up to our big matches, and yeah, you know, there's there's definitely duds here and here and there, but you know, like the game, like the game against West Brom. Just didn't seem like he was giving it 100% effort at times. Seemed lost. But in a match like this where he's up for it and he's diving in, making tackles, sorry, lunging in, making tackles, breaking up plays. uh, I mean, he's like being being a perfect metronome, not overdoing it, not making any, any crazy long balls that get dispossessed. I thought he played... An absolutely perfect first half, honestly. I couldn't point to one facet of his game that I thought he should have improved on. So uh, it, I, I might be leaning towards this duo being our best uh, double pivot until mm. until possibly until possibly um, 
uh, if one day Tuchel decides that Mason Mount can play in it, who knows? Um, then I think this is my favorite. I think I think that they they really balance each other out very well. Uh, and in a match where Jorginho is putting in the extra effort defensively, um, it really helps out. And we looked phenomenal. And and obviously you know his back line there being there helps him out a lot, but. It, 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 he just plays with a lot of guts, uh, making smart fouls. Uh, I, I, I was really, I was really impressed with what I saw, and uh, that might have been my man of the match. Just, was was a little bit, just disappeared a little bit in the second half, but I, I, I didn't think that he played particularly poorly or anything like that. Andreas, what do, what do you think? Jorginho was my pick for man of the match. Uh, for a guy that gets criticized by us, by a lot of fans about his defensive work rate. He put in eight tackles this match, and I believe that's the most for any Chelsea player since N'Golo Conte uh, had that really good match against Barcelona under Conte. So, I mean, this is kind of what we hope from Jorginho every time he comes out. You know, and like you said, in the big games, you always fear like, oh gosh, like, is this, are we going to see the good or the bad? Like, are people going to run around him? And I think he just, whenever another team has to, kind of has to come at us and, and be very open, it plays to his strengths because he can just read the game and just, like, continue to be, kind of lean into his regista stuff and, and just keep being a metronome and frustrate the other team by just simply not losing the ball. And then on the defensive side, because the other team is acting so desperate, he can let Conte or Kovacic do the running, and he seems to always be there for that second chance. So if, if Conte and Kovacic force a pass or or get beaten, Jorginho seems to be right there where he needs to be. And, and yeah, it's just one of those things where I thought he was the most important player when we were – kind of had our, our back against the wall whenever we needed to get control of the ball. Yeah, it was it was his best game in defensively since I think in the Europa League under Sari when he had the the headband where he like kind of got hit in the head and he had to wear mm-hmm. a bunch of tape on his head. The bandage, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be remembered as one of his best performances in a Chelsea kit. I agree, man. He was amazing in the first half. He clearly he was the best player for us by a long shot. Um, again, like I can't argue with any of these man of the match predictions because the you know those three guys they all played really well. You can make an art, you can make a strong case for all of them. But with Jorginho, I think you know Sam hit the nail right on the head. Something we never really talk about. He is good in almost every big game, um, and and you get you get the consistency of performances out of him in the big matches. And, and, and of course the manager is naturally going to lean on guys like that. So um, I think the key with Jorginho though, and something we didn't see really well with Frank is that Frank didn't really know what to do with him. Um, and, and Jorginho just kind of looked lost throughout his whole time under Frank. And I think that's eventually why he never wound up being a mainstay in our team. But when you have a manager that knows and understands the value that he brings to the team and, and, not only that, but they know how to manage him on the pitch in terms of putting him in positions where he's not getting too exposed, where he can still contribute defensively, even though that's his weakness. And it takes a 
it takes a certain kind of manager to do that. And I think Jorginho and Tuchel kind of have that connection uh, naturally. So, you know, good on him, man. Sam, you make a strong case about, you know, that being our strongest pivot. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue that, but um, I, I'm still going to lean towards, you know, uh, a Kovacic-Conte pivot uh, just for the sake of being a little bit more stout defensively. But, yeah, I mean, huge props to Jorginho. And just for everybody listening, he's going to keep playing in the big games. So I think we should all stop acting surprised when we see his name on the team sheet. And, um, I, oh my god, I can't believe we totally failed to mention that this is the Jorgolo... Jorgolo. Jorgolo parent. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't even think of that when I just said that this was my favorite uh, pairing, but now it officially is, just so I can say Jorgolo. Uh, is my favorite, but um, I, I, before we wrap up uh, on the recap, I need to add one thing, very important, very special. Uh, it was a win-win for me, honestly. Uh, first of all, I need to, I, th- I don't think this is talked about enough, but Porto really messed up not starting Taremi. I really cannot believe that they did not start him. I was shocked. Um, and immediately when he came in, they got their first shot on target. And then obviously that that bicycle kick was unbelievable. I was so – he's – for those of you who don't know, I'm Iranian. And so Taremi being one of the few <laughs> Iranian soccer players good enough to actually play in European football. The other one being Ali Reza Jahan Bakhsh, who I'm sure everyone remembers, also hit – a very similar bicycle kick in almost the same exact spot. Uh, so there's just something about Iranian players uh, and hitting bicycles against Chelsea that uh, it's just it's just a weird coincidence. And the fact that this came uh, at a time where the game was pretty much iced, you know, there wasn't really. I mean, even Zach thought it was over. He tweeted out that <laughs> we were already <laughs> advancing. And then 30 and then seconds, we had a clean not even, sheet too. not even, like, <laughs> did you say that? Legs. I said two legs, not much to complain about. We got two clean sheets. Oh, <laughs> then all of a sudden, delete. <laughs> dude, Som, right when I hit Cursed. send, the cross went in. And, and when I deleted, it. and when I deleted the tweet, it was barely posted for 30 seconds. It didn't even say like posted one minute ago. It said, it three... gave me lo- enough oh time to retweet gosh. it though and call your ass out. Hey, but you get a oh, notification. Yeah. That's, a, that's different. Zach, I, I didn't see it. You, you you did delete it quick. I checked immediately, but that's uh, that was funny. Um, so you did almost jinx us. Thank God it didn't actually happen. But that goal was something. <laughs> I I just I can't I couldn't believe it. I laughed. I literally laughed my ass off. Like the fact that he he did that goal, and it was a win win for me because the game was already done at that point. Uh, I could not have asked for a better outcome. What I was what I was doing in my head throughout the match was trying to envision how I would feel if he comes in and wins and and wins the game for Porto with like a last second goal, like how I would feel on that, and I just didn't want to imagine it. So this was the perfect situation. He gets a screamer, an absolute screamer, could be the goal of Champions League, which would be so <laughs> funny. It would be so funny. If Mehdi Taremi, I mean, dude, the Iranian people are a very proud group of people. 
if, if you have any friends who are Persian or something like that, and if that, that goal becomes goal of the season, you'll see it all over social media, all over, you know, everyone will be posting it. So, and they will all, I, I might, I might cop myself a Taremi jersey, honestly, just because that was such a sick goal. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> uh, dude, come on. You, if, if, could you env- envision a Venezuelan player playing against your team and scoring that goal? How would you feel? I mean, yeah, I get it, but like, that's a ninety dollar investment. I'll get a ch- I'll get a China a mock off version. I won't, I won't get the, the real thing. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. it'll be like twenty five dollars plus twelve dollars shipping or something. You should have done a you should have bought it on AliExpress when uh, Jack Ma got abducted. Their their owner. That guy like disappeared off the face of the planet for like two months. I'm sure prices dropped during that yeah, time. Yeah, I was gonna say, were they running? Man. Were they running a sale on jerseys during that time? <laughs> They're a running a sale, sale? On, on, on only Taremi jerseys. A hostage sale. Okay. Uh, yeah, there we go. Interesting. Anything you guys uh, wanted to add to the wrap up the match before we head into Twitter questions? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Thomas Tuchel again for uh, telling their manager to fuck off. Damn right. That guy. That guy's just a little rat piece of shit so i'm glad Tuchel got the upper hand and the last word is it is it confirmed he said something along those lines or is that i saw i saw the report insulted yeah he was insulted so you know yeah poor guy hurt our players i'm sure i'm sure he's gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight you know (laughs) all right let's go on twitter questions this first one is from our boy Prashanth, uh, newly knighted Rep Ultra. So welcome to the welcome to the crew. Um, he asked, <laughs> of course, of course, his question has got to be negative. He says, "Was a tough watch, but was particularly not happy with Reese. Looked a bit lackadaisical and was just ball watching for that goal. Imagine if if that was the nice. goal that actually sent us out." <laughs> What do you guys think yeah. Tuchel might have learned from this game? <laughs> uh, wait, I think – wait, he did add something at the end, right? Because uh, I remember it was that, and then he added something positive. Oh, no. he's Yeah, he said, anyways, semis, and then put a heart. Well, I, <laughs> you should have just removed the whole beginning of the question and then just, and just the kept the semis. last part. <laughs> We're trying to teach you, Prosh. This is your first week as an ultra, and you send your most – negative question in the least worthy match yet we're doing a really bad job and uh trying to teach you your ways uh but i mean you guys have already praised reese james so much and um i mean sure ball watching for that goal it was maybe a he, bicycle fell asleep. he fell asleep sure but yeah it was a bicycle as well. Yeah, that's that's a very like, important. It's thing not like as well. he got like dunked on and Jeremy headered like above him or something, you know. It's Jeremy did a bicycle kick. <laughs> he fucking bicycle to be a kicked. Bit. Like, there's no other way to say it. That's what what Andres is trying to say <laughs> is that there's no other way to explain it other than Taremi scored a one in a million bicycle kick. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, one in a million. Two in a million. Blood. Two in a million. Don't forget about <laughs> Ali Reza Jahan Bash, okay? Oh, but dude, all these Persians scoring bicycle kicks on us. It's 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 it. What are they Shit. eating? Your people? Sign man? me up. Sign me what up. What do you guys eat? Honestly, uh, we eat a lot of gourmet sabzi, a lot of tadi kebab. It's, it's it's a lot of herbs and spices. Probably uh contributes yeah. to that. 
Uh, we do ride bicycles a lot too. No pun intended. There you go. Um, there you go. But uh, it's just I. It has to. This has to be a bit by Prashanth that by Prash he just has. He he had to point to one negative throughout the whole entire match. Uh, even though we we won. Uh, so I'll, I'm gonna play it off as a joke. That was a good one, Prash. That was really funny. Um, <laughs> this next one. <laughs> this next one is from Ron. Uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Being positive, enjoying the match. It's 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 gonna make your life so much better. Trust me. This next. So we're moving on to the next question. This one's from Ron. He says, "How many times did the portal players flop today? I stopped counting at forty-five thousand six hundred forty-eight. Since Pulisic caught foul today as much as Messi did in two thousand eleven, this means he's the goat, right? You can't stop. You can only hope to contain him." Hashtag Rep Ultras. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if this requires an answer because we definitely mentioned everything, uh, or we talked about everything mentioned in the tweet. But uh, I like the shout out to the Rep Ultras. Um, anything? Yeah, you guys big want to shout out. I I I, I want to take a second to actually only shout out the Rep Ultras, or not only the Rep Ultras, but specifically the Rep Ultras. Uh, <laughs> no the last else. the last couple matches, not only have they been Act more active than ever on the discord but they're actually giving us half of our half of our script and half of the stats for our script so <laughs> thank you huge shout out to the rep ultras like every time you guys send a tweet in there i'm basically bookmarking it you know if i haven't seen it yet i'm like oh that's a pretty good stat i'll double check to see if that's correct and i'll throw that in the script so yeah, shout out to the rep ultras there are associate producers low-key our associate producers uh without them knowing and with zero compensation that's the best part we don't have to I've pay come, them for anything. <laughs> I've come. I've actually uh, come to the conclusion that the Rep Ultra's uh, like involvement in the Discord is directly correlated with Chelsea's success. Ooh, no one could convince me otherwise. <laughs> Andreas, you're, you don't even take <laughs> your take. <laughs> uh, let's. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know what else to add. Let's um, just go on to the next question. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start off with you though, uh, Andres. Does that, that make is that better? Sure. Okay. So the, <laughs> this next one is from our homeboy Kojo. Uh, he uh, apparently he he hasn't been around for a while, but apparently he's uh. No, been... I think he tweeted last week. Yeah, but, but that, that was his first tweet in a while. He said he's been busy with school. So proud yeah. of you. Keep up the hard work. Don't let uh don't let you us do have get your priorities straight, Kojo. For sure. So he asks. Which one of Dortmund, PSG, and Man City would you personally prefer Chelsea face in the final should we progress? Um, so we're skipping over Real Liverpool. We'll save that for next episode because by then it'll be settled who we actually play. But looking on to the other side, Andreas, Dortmund, PSG, Man City. For my month-ago prediction to work, it has to be Dortmund because – we played a different Portuguese team. So we, the, the first time we won the Champions League was Benfica. This time it was Porto. Then it was Barcelona then. So it has to be Real Madrid this time in the semis. So that means that we need to play another German giant in the final. So it has to be Dortmund. For my miraculous prediction of us winning the Champions League in 2021, I need Dortmund. Plus, 
yes, they have Erling Holland and, and his shots are ridiculous, but I think they also have the, the biggest weaknesses. So, yes, I would love for it to be Dortmund um, in the final. Plus, Tuchel gets revenge on their board for being stingy. Yeah. Right, then, then out of the two, sorry, which which out of PSG and Man City, which one would you rather see? That's the real question. <laughs> you know, honestly, PSG. More likely. Yeah. I think Man City. Again, when you play a team from your own league, it's it's kind of like damned if you, damned if you don't. I don't know. I think it's just a lot of familiarity there. That kind of scares me. Yes, PSG have Mbappe and Neymar. I get that. But they also, that's it. That's their team. Bayern, <laughs> if Bayern had just, not even not even Lewandowski, if Nabry didn't have COVID, Bayern dismantles PSG twice. So it's one of those things where, am I afraid of Mbappe and Neymar? Yes. But am I afraid of the rest of their squad? No. So it's one of those things, Man City, you don't know who's going to be the one to, to hurt you. PSG, there's two names, and that's it. So they're really good names, don't get me wrong. But I'd rather play PSG, who Tuchel knows, and PSG doesn't don't know us. So, yeah. True. I would raise the argument that Pochettino is pretty familiar with us, but maybe not with Tuchel. So there's the edge there, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a given Dortmund's, Dortmund's the team that I'd prefer out of the three. Um, I I do just want to put it out there. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so the, the games didn't happen on Wednesday yet, but Dortmund aren't down and out after the first leg. Like they're still very much in it. It's only one goal. So they deserve to draw the first leg. Exactly. Legitimately stole. Yeah. He fucked them. them. The referee completely fucked them. And, and, you know, Holland could pop for four goals at any moment. So as as long as you have Holland and, and you, you're within a goal, you have a chance. Um, PSG is definitely the team that I'd rather play between, you know, them and Man City. Um, you know, for the same re- reasons Andres just said. Yes, I know the counter-argument is, well, look how well Neymar and Mbappe are, Mbappe are playing. They're probably playing the best football in PSG kits that they've played so far up to this point. So, Agreed. Yeah. Obviously, that's scary. Obviously, they're both a threat. You never, ever want to come up with two of the top five players in world football, but I'm looking at their team that they played today, guys. I mean, maybe four of these guys are household names. Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe, and Kimpembe. But Gagba, Diallo, Pereira, Paredes. I mean, Draxler, maybe. I mean, but, but like all those guys, they're all like mid to lower tier players. You know, and if you go to look at Man City, they're all world-class, not only internationals, but probably one of the better players on their international teams. So, yeah, uh, I think PSG is a team to play. And also, you know, they're going to sit back and try to probably hit us on the counter. That's what they've done this whole entire time. That's what Pochettino specializes in. He basically has Mbappe and Neymar as, like, the top-tier version of Harry Kane and Son on the counter. That's basically what mm-hmm. they're trying to do here. So, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily easy to stop, but they're a team that's going to give us a lot of the ball. And if we learned anything from the Bayern PSG legs, it's that they give up a lot of opportunities. Chupo Moting, Bayern's backup striker, scored in each leg against them. So kind of tells you everything you need to know about their back line. Um, Bayern had like 40 plus shots in two matches. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they, they had like 31 after the Crazy. first. Yeah, exactly. Because Leroy so, Sané sucks. <laughs> look, I know we can't score, but come on. There's no way that they can survive an onslaught like that again and not get punished. When I was watching, when I had the game on today on my iPad, every time I looked down, it was either Mbappe, Neymar, or Di Maria even just doing something incredibly spectacular with the ball uh, and either yeah. getting fouled. Uh, and every time they got fouled, they rolled on the floor for like three minutes plus wasting time. Well, obviously they did that because they had the, you know, the goal advantage going into it. But dude, I, they, they really looked unbelievable. They should have, Neymar should have had two, three goals today. I, I'm shocked he didn't put some of them away. Um, but I don't know. I know your effect. Like playing playing City like in the in the in the FA Cup semis then in Champions League final would be really really scary. I don't know. I it would, I, I can't it, pick. The, the the scary thing is the prospect of them possibly beating us at both because that's probably an opportunity where we'll never ever ever get redemption again. Exactly. I don't think we'll, that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like of. The odds of that of us meeting again at the same stages are like slim to none. All right, um, let's go on to the next question. Uh, where we're we at, Colin Prescott at Colin Blues Forever. He says, New- "Wait, wait, hold up, hold up." The newest Rep Ultra. We 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 actually just knighted him. Like, if he accepts the invite, he did. I just sent him the DM, and 43 seconds ago, he responded, "Oh, I'm in." let's go <laughs> oh you guys did this last episode he says yeah I, he nice. says he says i'm in boys much love huge shout hey. out to colin prescott welcome shout to discord out. baby yeah uh i think yeah. like his first or second tweet no his first tweet was uh to london is blue and then his second tweet was to us so uh i'm actually reconsidering that invite i wish he tweeted <laughs> at us first no i'm just kidding saw him he sent so, us a, he remember he sent us and he's our first pen pal no, he wasn't. He didn't email us. Did he tweeted at us? That's a different guy. But anyway, no, that was Colin. Did he email? All right, well, I'll, I'll double check oh, after I read his question or his thing. Yeah. He said, "Haha, it's crazy. All the negative people who say they are Chelsea fans, not one positive thing from some of you. Just the negativity every single week. Bitch, somewhere else. Come on, we are on to the semifinals." <laughs> So thank you, Colin. At at is it at Prosh? Is that what you're doing right now? Are you? Are you it was just the, it was that. <laughs> they're gonna face off in the Discord. Uh, that's gonna be fun. Our two Dude, most have, recent uh, ultras are complete polar opposites. Uh, we have the most opt. Is... We have Mister. We have glass half full and glass half empty. <laughs> it's gonna be. Excited. Oh my god! Uh, I I'm with you, Colin, because. Was the Chris? It was a Crystal Palace game where I went on this like rant about how, like, it's time to get on board. Like, I don't care that if you think Lampard was fired too soon, that already happened. We have a new manager. I don't care if you think Tammy's the solution. Havertz is playing, and we're still winning. Like, get on board the fact that there's good times at Chelsea. Like, some of our favorites aren't on the pitch or around anymore and that's okay because the club is still thriving like it's been seven years seven years and we're in a semi-final i'm with you colin what like 
at this point in the season, I I think the semifinals is a threshold where you just have to kind of release yourself of any emotional attachment and just enjoy it. Just enjoy the ride. Like this is the complete essence of being a football fan is just enjoying the matches and enjoying like what where your team is. We're in like a really, really rare position. So I I just don't understand the negativity. Colin put it perfectly. Hence why he's a new rep ultra. So and I just checked our emails and he never emailed us. So I'm sorry about that, Colin. Yeah, that was a different different person. It's all, Colin it's Colin all... made a Twitter and his second tweet was to us. That's how we first he first uh, reached out. I remember that. Um, all right, let's go on to the next question. This one's from Kendall Higa at khiga19. He says, "Does Pulisic start versus City, and is Rudiger still the first name on the team sheet?" Do you risk playing Pulisic in a cup semi with Champions League and Premier League still in the balance? You guys are great. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Kendall. I uh, appreciate that. Shout out to Kendall. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 take all of his questions all at once. So we 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 kind of talked about Pulisic starting next week. Um, I mean, this this is a good question just to kind of segue into the next segment, actually. Um, we're going to talk about the FA Cup semis against Man City. So why don't we just do that? We'll transition into it and uh, answer his questions along the way as well. So mm. Pulisic, um, we'll start off with that. Um, do you think Pulisic gets the start, Zach? Uh, I don't really know, but I, I hope he doesn't. I said it a little earlier in the pod, and it probably made a couple people quiver, but He's played a lot of football and he's gotten kicked a lot. I hope his both of his legs and his back are on ice for the next three or four days. And I mean, hopefully he's fit enough to start, but you take his injuries into account. I, it, I think it's time for a rest. I mean, you just got to kind of pick your poison and you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You got to either go with a guy that gets injured a lot, who's in form, or someone that's completely out of form that could potentially give one of your best players a rest for the run-in. So I hope Timo starts. That's that's my hope, just for rotation's sake. And and I'm just going to throw this out there. We might get a completely different Timo. Yeah, that's what we – we asked for him to sit sit out for a couple matches for that specific Let, reason, get his mind Let's drive. see if we get a reaction. Yeah, like this is it. Give us the reaction now. Like – if you I'm don't do it to... now, you're probably not going to do it ever. So, you know. That's what I want. Andreas, yeah. what do you think? Um, I'd rather start Pulisic. I mean, we, we talk about how there's no picking one competition over the other. Obviously, Pulisic did get hit a lot today. So it's just a matter of finding out how hard. <laughs> uh. God, I would say Ziyech, but then that means Mount would get pushed to the left. You use I think my Ziyech philosophy has... against me, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ziyech probably deserves it more than Werner at this point still because he has been scoring goals when he's been called upon. But again, you would have to – you kind of are shoehorning him. You have to play him on the right, which means Mount on the left, which isn't the end of the world. Mount did score against Liverpool from the left side, so – you know what? The more I talk about it, the more I still think Ziyech is the guy you put in because he has way more confidence. Like, 
by this point, it's not that we may think that Werner's going to miss. It's that Werner thinks he's going to miss. Meanwhile, Ziyech, while we think he can't score, he thinks he can, and he's most more likely to do so. So, for me, I probably put in Ziyech if Pulisic can't start. And we're forgetting about FA Cup Cho. Is that why we're Cho, forgetting about yeah. that? Because I think I think wing-back that he's Cho. also yeah either a wing back or right wing. I mean, I I think I think they'll use him as a wing back. And, and and sorry to cut you off, Sam, but I mm-hmm. think the reason is because Pep likes to tuck his full backs narrow. Um, and, and mm-hmm. I think I think we're gonna look to exploit that space when we win the ball off of them. Like I think that's the early out ball is finding a wing back in the channel and then kind yeah. of going from there. Yeah. And Andreas, just to go back to what you said about you know not focusing for one, I'm focusing on one tournament over the other. I I don't think that sitting Pulisic uh, for this week has anything to do with that. It's I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, okay, this guy obviously got banged up. He is very injury prone. He's always hurt. He's missed so much time. Like, I don't want him playing. And I, and I do want him playing uh, in the next or whenever our next match is after that. Uh, but it's just it, it has nothing to do with me trying to focus on one over the other it's just you know what i mean like it's 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 all of those factors combined i think if you could make an exception to one player to that logic it's pulisic as far as what like in terms of you know not prioritizing not prioritizing matches like he he if any if you if if you bend the rules for anybody based on their injury record it's probably him or tiago silva yeah, exactly. Well, and even then, I still wouldn't play Werner. That's again, again, that's that's the point I'm <laughs> Man, trying to make. true too. I'm still yeah, not wow. taking Werner yet. Too I, big oof. of a match to bring him in. I mean, when is our? I'm trying to find our oof. schedule. I don't know why I can't find it. Um, when our next match after that is, but probably a more appropriate. Let's see, our next Premier League match is against Brighton. So that's probably a more appropriate Far time more appropriate. for uh, Timo to bring the back. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, to win his spot back, not in the FA Cup semis. Well, so, you know what, Sam? Mm-hmm. Hold up, I, I I'm agreeing with you, and I'm gonna back you up here. Go ahead. Uh, so so we play City on the 17th. Then there's three days we play Brighton on the 20th. Yeah. And then in four days after Brighton, we play West Ham. So I could see Werner playing against Brighton, maybe a second team against Brighton or a rotated side against Brighton, and then our strongest 11 against West Ham on the 24th because we don't play another elite. We don't play another match until May 1st. So we have a whole week after West Ham. So we can basically just throw everything at them. Well, that's that's not true. Um, Our our schedule doesn't reflect Champions League yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when will the semi games be? Uh, Not next week, but the week after that, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so they'll be in between West Ham and Fulham. Which isn't bad. Um, I remember now why I also didn't want to play City in the whole familiarity thing. Is we, we play them, obviously, this coming weekend. But then we also play them in the league on May 8th, which would have also been we do? before a Champions League final. Oh, so come on, man. That, that's one of those things where it's like, we play them oh, after the second we beat leg. them one time, but then the second time they get us. And then, oh, what if we beat them both times? And it's a third time's the charm, and it's in the biggest stage in football. So, yeah. Let's avoid City at all costs. Look, like, as optimistic as we're being, 
the run-in is if you look at the schedule, it's very difficult. But we just can't really worry about that. We got to win every fucking game. Hey, twenty seventh. Um, that's the date, the twenty seventh. So that's three. Yeah. It, that's uh three days after the West Ham match, and four or five days before the Fulham match. If yeah, we you play, have to beat West Ham though. If we play City three times in the span of a month in three different competitions, that would be crazy. Yeah, the that only time insane. I saw something like that was I think that twenty eleven season where Madrid played mm. Barcelona in both Copa del Rey. La Liga and then the Champions League semis. Yeah, there was like a span of like a month. Yeah, I remember there was three Clasicos in a month. It was insane. It's crazy. And how well, about I mean, how about like go. uh well it was the what is the cup in you just said it the cup in Spain it's the oh, uh, Madore. Right? Yeah, they they just played last year's final and this year's final within the same like week. <laughs> I did and, notice uh, that. It and, was insane. And, I think they uh, lost the they lost the 2021, like ooh. last year's. What do you mean they lost? Uh, what what team was it? It was athletic. Was a, it was athletic yeah. club. Bilbao played in both games. He they lost the first one to Barca. I didn't know they lost that the was last. One to Sociedad, right? They oh oh wait that's what I, I that's the one I saw the one to Sociedad. Did they play yeah. against Barca too? Oh my I'm all right. Recently we are they did. so off. Yeah, I don't know um, what's going on. I'll I'll find it right now, but um, tune in to our La Liga pod if you haven't already. It's just, dude, that that's just like how does that? Only in in this year would we have two Copa del Rey finals within a week because of a like it was it was suspended a because pandemic. of a pandemic, bro. Like that's crazy. Insane. I don't know. That I don't know. That. We'll never see another year like this until next year when we have a World Cup in the middle of the winter. <laughs> Football's just ridiculous. kind of like. Football is just kind of perpetually fucked for the next like 24 or like 12 months to 24 months in terms of like scheduling and everything. Yeah. Everything's out of whack. Like we'll, by the end of this, there will be a span of three years where the regular scheduling of football just got completely like uprooted and then switched back to normal. By the it's way, kind of the Bar- they play Bar- Athletic Club Bilbao plays Barcelona in four days for the 20. 20- 21 Copa del Rey uh, oh. final. So it hasn't happened they, yet. Let's yeah. let's go back to Man City uh, FA Cup. So let me just run through some stats. Uh, City have won 14. With, that's what we're talking about. This is this first stat is about City, correct? Yeah. They've yeah. won 14 of their last 15 FA Cup matches. Um, we have won 19 of our uh, sorry nine of our last 10. Um, again, we mentioned they played Dortmund on Wednesday, so they're going to have one less day uh, of rest than us. Uh, Aguero will be out. Laporte is questionable, but he's he's definitely not fit to start at the moment. If, if anything, he'll make an appearance. But um, on for us, I think it's already been confirmed that Kovacic will be probably out, not available for this match. So uh that that's where we're sitting on our injury front so let, let's let's uh get into some predictions what what do you expect to see from both sides and potentially a final score zach what do you think um i think tuchel's gonna not really change much um 
in terms of the way we play. I still think we're going to try and, and and win the ball in their you know in their half and and, and nick them on the counter. But making a prediction is kind of tough. Um, you know, like on one hand, I want us to play our strongest team, and on the other hand, I know the run in is brutal. So I'm going to go two one Chelsea. I don't think I I think they score just because they're they're that good, but. If we play Pulisic, the way he plays against Man City, uh, I'd, I'd feel confident. And this is a Chelsea podcast, so I, I can't really predict anything else. So I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. Actually, scratch that. Every time I predicted 2-0, we've, we've had a result in our favor, so 2-0. Good call. Yeah. Andreas, where are you, where are you leaning? I am leaning just 1-0. And a Christensen man of the match performance if he's healthy. Oh my god, I thought you were gonna say Christensen header. I'll oh no. I, I will never <laughs> put money on that. That guy cannot score a header. Um all right, I mean that 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 does kind of bring us to the end of the podcast. Uh wow, the last thing I said about Chelsea was pretty depressing. Um but no, Chelsea are through to the to the semifinals of the Champions League, so we're always looking forward to that and hopefully a final appearance in the uh, FA Cup. So um, until next podcast, keep the blue flag flying high.